Good morning, Metro Believers Church. It's great to see everybody today. Um, we're just thrilled to be together. We love praying for other churches, don't we? Come on. We love praying for other churches in this city. Uh, we know we're part of a team. This is just not us in this city. Uh, we get to be a part of a team. And it's, you know, I'm just thankful to be able to say that we probably have 60 to 70 churches um, around the city that have joined their hearts together and pray together, sometimes even play together. And uh, we just know that we're part of a team together. So um, if you think about it, when you drive by another church, um, I can't stand it when people put down other churches, okay? Um, I, just pray for them. Amen? Just release a blessing on those churches. Amen? So, uh, hey, if you don't have one of our outlines, slip up your hands and our ushers will get you one. These are just notes that I put together that will help you follow along with my message today. Um, sometimes I get going pretty quick, and this will give you the verses and some of the points. So if you're a first-time visitor here today, thank you for coming today. Thank you for joining us. We're delighted that you're here. Um, if you're looking for a church home, we'd love to have you consider Metro Believers Church, um, perhaps uh, as your future home. I uh, want to welcome the live stream audience as well, those that are watching from all over the country and sometimes the world. Um, thanks for joining us today as well. A few weeks ago, we started a series called Winning the Battle of the Mind. And uh, last week, Lance um, did a great job on talking about the armor of God. The first message in the series, this is part three, the first message in this series, I talked about ground zero. I talked about where it all begins, the battle of the mind, okay? And so if you weren't here, you may want to go online and listen to that um, because it's very important. It's foundational. Second, Lance talked about the armor of God and talked about the various pieces of the armor. But uh, how many of you know the armor of God is very important? And we put that on on a daily basis. And, and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit are two powerful pieces. And the, the helmet of salvation helps protect our mind. And the sword of the Spirit helps us engage the enemy. Come on, somebody say amen. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. So uh, I'd encourage you, if you haven't heard that message as well, to go online and listen to it. Just go to our website, um, metrobelievers.com, and you can listen to that uh, message or any messages that we've preached. So a few weeks ago, we actually started talking about uh, and looking at the life and the mind of the Apostle Paul. Um, and just like us, just like us, he struggled in the area of the mind. He, he went through some very difficult seasons of his life where he had confusion, where he had difficulties, where he had lack of clarity. You know, he said, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. In other words, how many of you can relate to the Apostle Paul? <laughs> yeah. For the rest of you, you just polish your halos, Okay. Yeah, <laughs> just talking to real people here. So, uh, but he persevered. The Apostle Paul, he's a great example. He's a great example in Scripture because he was real. And, and as you can see, um, you know, part of the mantra of Metro Believers Church is real people living in a real world serving a what? A real God. And, and the Apostle Paul was real. And I thank God I can relate to him. And uh, so we, we were looking at some of the things that he dealt with in that ground zero message. But listen, listen to the incredible perspectives that we have in Scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 
and verses 3 through 5. And this is sort of the foundation of what we're talking about in this series called Winning the Battle of the Mind. Check this out. For though we live in the world, we don't wage war. Everyone say war. How many of you know you're in a battle? If you, if you haven't realized that as a believer, as a Christian, um, then you're in trouble because the enemy will take advantage of you if you don't realize that this is a war. This is a battle. And the Bible says that we don't wage war, notice the terminology, as the world does. The weapons, another word that, that speaks to the war, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, in other words, the exact opposite. On the contrary, they have divine what? They have divine power to demolish what? Strongholds. Check that out. We demolish arguments and every pretension. I, I looked up that word pretension this morning. I looked at some synony- synonyms. Yes, synonyms. <laughs> synonyms. Synonyms. <laughs> and, uh, and so I was thinking about it, and, and I looked up one of the, the synonyms, and it said arrogance. Arrogance and pretension is an arrogant. Now, now look at that. We, we demolish arguments and every bit of arrogance that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we what? Take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Now, that is the foundation for the winning the battle of the mind series right there, okay? If you... If you don't capture this text, if you will, then you'll never win the battle of the mind. Now, for each of us as believers, we need to know that we have access to supernatural weapons from the kingdom of heaven. Did you hear me? And years ago, I did a series called, you know, Armed and Dangerous. You may want to go online and try to find that. Armed and dangerous, where I walk through 10 major weapons that's been given to the body of Christ. And so, yeah, we have weapons. We have access. That means you. You have access to the weapons that God has for us to win. Everyone say win. See, God wants you to win. He really does. He wants you to win in life. He doesn't want you to end up, you know, on the bottom all the time. He, he says we're the head and not the tail, Right? Above only and not beneath. And that's God's heart for his kids. And as I mentioned last time, this whole, this word um, power in the Greek literally defined as dunamis. It, it means dynamite, okay? That's the, that's the closest word we have in the English language. It's dynamite. So check this out. We have divine dynamite, right? We have divine dynamite. We don't just have regular dynamite. That'd be good enough, Right? But we have, we have divine dynamite, godly dynamite, to dis- destroy and demolish the enemy's tactics and schemes. It's the explosive, miraculous power of God. Amen? So last time we also established that a stronghold is a prisoner. That's the definition. A stronghold is a prisoner locked by deception. That's what a stronghold is. It's someone who is a prisoner and they're locked up by deception. In other words, you have believed the lies that have put you in prison. You bought the lie. You bought the lie, see? In other words, you believe the lies that have put you in prison. And 
Here's the good news to you today. You don't have to stay there. Did you hear me? You, you, I want you to imagine with me for just a moment. I want you to imagine someone who is in prison, locked in a cell, and, and they're in there, they're deep inside of the prison, may, maybe maximum security prison, and they're, they're in a cell, and, it, and the door and the gate is shut, and the, and the next gate is shut, and the next gate is shut. You've seen shows. You know how they have many, many levels of security, and they have gates of security that are shut and locked. And then they have, by those gates, oftentimes they have guards, right, to make sure that no one gets out that's supposed to be in. I want you to imagine with me for a moment that maybe that's you. Maybe you're in prison. Maybe you, you've bought the lie. Maybe you found yourself locked, locked in a prison by deception. But here's the good news. What if, what if all of those gates were unlocked? And what if every single prison guard was asleep? <laughs> How many of you know you could just walk out, right? That's the imagery I want you to get today. The gates are unlocked. The doors are unlocked. The prison guards are asleep. Jesus has paid the price for you to come out of prison. You don't have to stay there. How many of you think you'd be a fool to stay there? When you have access to freedom. And, that, and that's exactly what the enemy wants you to believe, is you do not have access to freedom. He wants you to believe the lie. I call it by the lie. We've bought the lie so often, and we've found ourselves in thinking patterns that are often destructive. And so let me give you this idea and perspective that we talked about last time. The life that you have currently is a reflection of the thoughts that you think. The life that you have is a reflection of the thoughts that you think. Now, what is a reflection? The reflection is like a mirror, right? In other words, it shows you what is. And the life that you have is a reflection of the thoughts that you think. A reflection is like a mirror. And a mirror tells you the truth, <laughs> doesn't it? Even when your friends won't, <laughs> right? I mean, you may think you look great. You know, you're looking good like you know you should, you know. You're good and, you know, all that in a bag of chips, as they say over in England. You know, you, and, and you go into the bathroom and you look in the mirror and you find a piece of lettuce hanging out your teeth. You know what I'm talking? How many of you have ever done that? You know, you're, you're having conversations and you walk in, you got some green stuff in between your teeth, you know. And you've been having these conversations with everybody around the table, and no one would tell you the truth. <laughs> or maybe you got something hanging out your nose, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, you, you know, you can get mad at the mirror, or you can make some changes, right? You can clean up your teeth and your nose. And here's the deal. If you want to change your life, you've got to change your thinking. Don't get mad at the mirror. Amen? Yeah. 
don't get mad at the mirror. Don't, don't, you know, if, if, that, if, if that's where you are, don't, don't get mad, get glad. If you want to change your life, you got to change your thinking. And what we need to do is learn how to capture the lies. So often, multiple times in a day, we're being lied to. Our brains are being tempted to do things and think things that are not true. Well, see, we capture them and we replace them with the truth. What is the truth? What is the truth? John chapter 8 verse 31 tells us. Verse 31 and verse 32. Check this out. If you continue in my what? Everyone say real loud. What? If you continue in my word, hang on to that word for a moment. If you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth. What's truth? It's the word. It's this. You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen? See, see, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. But here's the deal. Only the truth that you know will set you free. I mean, you, there's all sorts of truth in here that you don't know. And you can never tap into something you don't know. That's why it's so important to study God's Word, so that you know the truth. And the enemy can't sell you a bunch of lies. See, because when you know the truth, you have something to fight with. It's the weapons of our warfare. And they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That's the truth. Amen? And we capture, we capture those lies with the truth. Let's talk about the brain for a little bit here, how it works. Let's talk about how our mind and our brain works. Whenever we have a thought... Our brain is literally redesigning itself around that thought. That's how the brain works, okay? Whenever we have a thought, the brain is literally redesigning itself around that thought. There's literally a changing chemical of the brain around that thought. Every single thought creates a neurochemical change in our body. For example, if you think a positive thought, your body gets rewarded with a legal drug called dopamine. <laughs> Somebody just said dope? <laughs> Did he say dope? <laughs> a mine? I mean? <laughs> yeah, so, so it gives you a legal buzz, as a matter of fact. Uh, a legal buzz, a quick hit, a thrill. And we all know that feeling. I mean, if you know what I'm talking about, just boom. just happens, you know. You hear some good news and boom, dopamine. Right? And you hear, you know, someone likes your comment on Facebook or Instagram, and boom, dopamine. <laughs> you, know, so, so, you know, somebody says, ooh, you look good today. Dopamine, boom. You know, my wife says, you know, hey, big guy, you the man. Boom. <laughs> dopamine. When I say, you still make my liver quiver, boom, dopamine for her, right? Yeah, she, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little chemical hit. It's... It's a high, it's a thrill. Your brain is saying, listen to me, your brain is saying, I like that. I like that thought. Let's do it again. That's how the brain works. And what happens is the more you think a thought, 
the more you're creating what scientists call neural pathways in your brain. Okay, neural pathways in your brain. Your brain, your brain creates a path, okay? Kind of like if you walk across the grass, you know, over and over and over, you're going to create a path, right, in the grass. And I know this to be true because I have experienced this, especially with my dogs. Um, we have two golden retrievers, right, and uh, uh, in our house that we just moved from, we would, uh, we would oftentimes... Uh, I would go out in the yard and I would stand in the driveway and I would use one of these things called what? A, a chuck it, okay? A chuck it. How many of you know when you do this, you're going to wear yourself out when you just throw the ball, you throw the ball, you throw the ball. But when you get smart enough and old enough, you start to realize, I can't do that. I'm going to throw my arm out. And then you come up with, you know, stuff like this, right? It's called a chuck it stick. And how many of you know you can throw this a lot further than you can with your arm, right? And so what I would do is I would go out in the yard most days and, you know, if I didn't, especially if I didn't have time to go for a walk. Um, around our house, we don't say go for a walk. We say go for a W-A-L-K. <laughs> and, and so I would throw this, you know, like way over there, you know, and it would go, it would go way out there in our yard, right? And so my dog would go, you know, fetch, both of them would go fetch it. And so, you know, after a little bit of time, they, they started creating this pathway. So much so that it was nothing but mud, <laughs> no grass. You know, they had created sort of a neural pathway. They had created a pathway in the grass. And did you know that we could not get grass to grow back in that spot for the life of us? We actually had to hire a professional landscaper to come in and replant that area because they had worn it down so much that there was nothing but mud. And even if I threw it this way, they would go that straight path, that same exact path, and then go that way to get it. Why? Because they had trained themselves that that's the way you go when Papa throws the ball, right? That's what they call me, by the way. Okay, yeah. So... See, when it comes to your thoughts, the more you think a thought, the easier it is to think, think that thought again. And that's why you need to catch it. That's why the Bible encourages us to capture our thoughts, to take every thought, help me now, what? Captive. See, in fact, if you think a thought enough, that thought will actually become your default thought. That's what it did in their lives, they, the path. That, that was their default. That's how they chased the ball. Even if it was in a completely different direction, they chased the ball that way. If you tell yourself, now, now listen to me, this is where we get personal. If you tell yourself, you're a loser, you don't, you'll never have enough, you don't have enough, over and over and over again, you create a pathway where it's easier to think that you're never going to have enough rather than believing that God is your source. Did you hear me? That's your default. What are you telling yourself? What are you thinking? What are you allowing yourself to think? How much are you allowing yourself to think? See, instead of telling yourself, God, God's my source. He's, you know, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed out begging bread. You know, that's the word of God, you know, that God is my source. He said he would supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. How many of you know that's the truth? That's the word. 
The other stuff is just the enemy trying to sow some seeds. What happens when you do that? You've created negative neural pathways in your brain. You created that. And, and, and you have begun to believe it because you've created it and you've stuck to it and you've thought it and you've said it over and over and over again. And now you believe it. You believe it as much as you believe the truth of God's word, maybe more. So here's the deal. Write this down in your notes. In order to change your thinking, we talked about changing your thinking, change your life, but in order to change your thinking, we have to change the path. We have to change the path that our thoughts travel on. We've got to change the path. We, we've got to redirect the dogs, if you will. You know, we've got to put up some blocks there so they can't go that way. We've got to redirect our thoughts. For example, if, if I've got nothing but a negative path, I have to stop and say, wait, wait a minute. And that's taking your thoughts captive. Wait a minute. This is not helpful. This is not productive. This is not God honoring. This is not from God. This is not the truth. This is a lie. Therefore, I'm capturing that thought and I'm choosing a different thought. I'm creating a new pathway. Amen? See, our thoughts are lazy. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Our thoughts are lazy, and most of the time, it will take the path of least resistance. The thing that doesn't require any energy or discipline on our part. You know what I'm talking about. You just naturally go there and you just let yourself have a field day. No, you have to stop yourself. You have to stop yourself and not allow it to take the path of least resistance. And that's what happens. We create a path. It's kind of like some of us are deer hunters, and we go out into the woods, and, we, and we're looking for deer sign. One of, the, one of the things that we look for the most is paths where deer have taken the easy path, and they've created a deer run. And, you know, they go that way most of the time because it's easier. They don't have to go through, you know, brush or trees or whatever. Yeah. And some of us are kind of like that in our minds in a negative way. And here's what happens. If you continue to travel in unhealthy pathways, the path is clear and it's easier to travel. So you continue to do it more. And it continues to create more problems. And the cycle continues. But if you choose to stay off the path, off the unhealthy thinking, over time the grass starts to grow back. And it's not e as easy to travel, and it's not as appealing. And you create a new pathway with God honoring thoughts, and suddenly, suddenly the truth of God becomes the default instead of the lie that you believed. It's so awesome when that happens. When all of a sudden, you, you, your default is the word. Amen? Something happens. Something occurs. Something changes. You're thrown for a loop. The enemy throws something at you that you weren't expecting. And your default is the word of God. The sword of the spirit. Amen? 
comes out of your mouth and into your thoughts, that, my friends, is a game changer. Did you hear me? That's a game changer. See, what we're doing is we're creating God-honoring neural pathways to our brain. We're renewing our mind to the Word of God. Therefore, we're being transformed by His Word. Amen? How do we do that? For example, let's say you have a frustrating day at work and you come home and there's chaos everywhere and the kids are acting crazy. Anyone know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Kids are acting crazy and the dog needs to go for a walk and your wife has a list of things that you need to do for her and respond in a good way. But instead, you choose to just start yelling. (laughs) And just start yelling. And every day when you come home and that stuff happens, you yell. That's your default. You just, that's just what I do. And, you know, when things are crazy and chaotic, I just come home and yell, right? That used to be me, by the way. Yeah, that was the way I lived. And years ago, I would come home and, you know, craziness at home and this, that, and the other thing. And before you know it, I'd just start yelling. And and I knew that I had to change some things. I had to capture, listen to me, I had to capture that thought. And I had to change the way I live and the way I respond to things. How many of you know you can do that? Some of you say, I I, I could never do that. You can See, that, just that thought, I could never do that, tells you you've created a negative neural pathway to the brain. And you need to change that, amen? So we capture that thought, and we say, God, I know that's not a healthy, healthy pathway for me to be on. And then we change. We change our thinking. And maybe it means for me, for me personally, it meant I would come home and I would sit in the garage sometimes 10, 15 minutes. And I would think about what I'm getting ready to walk into. You know, I'd just been at work and I'd been dealing with everybody else's problems. I'd been in the office dealing with staff and we had a Christian school at the same time, dealing with, you know, all that stuff that goes along with that and all sorts of issues, dealing with all those problems. And I'm coming home and it's like, leave me alone. And now I've got to walk into all these other demands. And so for me, it just meant I would sit in the car and I would, I had these hats that I, that I had in my car for years. And, and I, I realized that each one of these hats represented a different role that I had. One was a pastor, one was a boss, one was a friend, one was a husband, one was a, a father, one was master over two dogs at the time. Yeah. And so I would sit there and I would put my, take, you know, my pastor's hat off and my boss's hat off and I would put my my husband's hat on and my father's hat on. And I'd say, God, you have given me grace. It's available. You, you have created the office of a husband, right? And with that office, there is an anointing that accompanies it. And I'm trusting you, God, for that anointing to carry me into my home so that I can walk in and instead of yelling and coming unglued, that I can represent you well to my family. Come on, somebody. And I'm telling you, that process of changing, changing actually helped me create a new pathway. A new pathway 
into my brain so that I could actually, my default was peace and the presence of God instead of craziness and anxiety and coming unglued. How do we change our lives? We change, we change, we change our thinking away from the lies of the enemy and we reprogram them with the truth of God's word. It's all about, listen to me, it's all about the battle of the mind every day. It's about the battle of the mind. It is a battle between God's truth to you and Satan's lies about you. Think about it. That's the battle. That's the tension. See, God's truth, God's truth is his word. And this is God's truth to you. And then you have Satan's lies that are out there and about you and trying to convince you that something is true that's not. I'm talking about the power of our mind here. The problem, the problem with most of us is we don't realize that most battles are won or lost in the mind. So what's the measuring stick? We have a few minutes left here. What's the measuring stick? What, what is the thing that we, that we use to judge whether or not something that we think is good or bad, right or wrong, a lie from the enemy, or God-honoring? What is it? Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, tells us is the measuring stick. It's the judging stick. It's the, it's the you know, cheesecloth, as it were. Check this out, verse 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. In other words, this is important. This is at, this is, we're coming to the end here, and let me just tell you what's really important. One final thing. Fix your thoughts. Everyone say thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what's true, what's honorable, what's right, what's pure, what's lovely, what's admirable. Think about things that are, what? Excellent and worthy of praise. Paul, Paul says, fix your thoughts. In other words, focus. <laughs> That's what fix your thoughts means. Focus. Focus your thoughts. Reel them in. Focus your thoughts, right, on what's true. Not, and not just what's true, because you can go down a path that's not healthy thinking about stuff that's true. Right? For real. But is it also honorable? In other words, these all go together. Is it honorable? Is it right? Is it pure? All of these things help you make a decision on whether or not your thoughts are in line with God's word. Is it admirable? Is it lovely? Is it worthy of praise? King James Version says, is, you know, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. Why? Why does this matter? Because your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. That was ground zero. That was what we talked about two weeks ago. That's why. And if a thought comes into your mind, eventually it will come out of your life. If you don't capture it, take your thought captive, eventually those thoughts, those non-life-giving thoughts will come out in your life. 
And last, you cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. Right? You can't have that. You can't have that kind of life that you know God wants you to have. John 10.10 says what? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, I, Jesus speaking, I've come that you might have life. And then you might have it to the full. Or that you might have an abundant life. You can't have that kind of life with a negative mind. It just doesn't work that way. As we get ready to wrap this up today, and we'll finish, we'll, we'll talk about more of this next week. For the sake of the time, I got some things I want to do towards the end here. I want to leave you with a scripture that I think is very, very powerful. And you need to know and you need to memorize this. Proverbs 4.23 of the good news says, be careful. Everyone say, be careful. Look at someone next to you and say, be careful. Look at somebody else and say, be careful. Be careful how you think. We as spouses need to remind our spouse, be careful how you think. We need, as parents, as parents, remind our kids, be careful how you think. Why? Because your life is shaped by your thoughts. Man, that, that, that'll smack you up right there. You think your life is shaped. Right now, your life is being shaped by your thoughts. And if you cannot control what you think, you will never control what you do. Right? And that's why if you're going to change your life, you've got to learn how to train, everyone say train, your mind. You've got to learn how to train it. Because it won't do it on its own. Train, train, when you use the word train, in the military it meant discipline. In other words, it didn't come easy. It didn't come naturally. You, were, you had to discipline yourself. You had to train. You were in training. How many of you know as believers you're in training? God is training us. He wants you to learn how to train your mind so that you can train and change some of those default thinking patterns, those things that have messed you up and gotten you in trouble. God wants you to be able to change that. And so today I'm going to ask the worship team to come up and I'm going to ask us to stand here and I, I just want to take a few minutes and make some declarations over you today. Let's stand. We'll finish what we didn't get to next week, just so you know. But I, I, want, I want you to let these words, the word of, this is the word of God, wash over you. The washing of the water of the word. I want it to, I want it to just wash over you in your hearts and your minds. Just the word of God about what he says about you and who you are to him. And as they play, don't, don't be thinking about what you're going to do after you leave here in just a minute. Don't be thinking about all that stuff. Just reel, reel your mind in and listen to the Word. And these declarations about you. Shut your eyes and think about your standing.
foot of the cross. The Holy Spirit is moving in your heart, your mind, and your life, speaking to you. And he says, you are strong and mighty. Put your name in there. You are strong and mighty, and, and you have the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwelling inside of you. You are a weapon of righteousness in a world of darkness. You are not your past. You are not what you did. You are who God says you are. And he says you're forgiven. He says you're redeemed. He says, you're free. You're not a hostage to your unhealthy thoughts. You can be free. The gates are unlocked. The doors are open. You can walk out and be free. The weapons you fight with are not the weapons of this world. Because you have divine power to demolish strongholds. You have the mind of Christ directing your thoughts. You have the word of God guiding your steps. You demolish every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And you take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Worry is not your master. You trust in God. His peace guards your heart, guards your mind, and guards your soul in Christ Jesus. Your God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. The Lord is your helper. <laughs> you will not be afraid. You are not a slave to your habits. You are not a prisoner to addiction. You've been rescued from the power of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God's light. You are empowered. You are chosen. You are called. You are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. And God will bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Your God is for you. Your God is with you. And no weapon formed against you can ever prosper. And nothing can separate you from God's love. Not death, not demons, not the present, nor the past. No power on earth will ever separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Can somebody say amen? Now let's just take a few minutes and just worship our King. God, we worship you. We honor you. We know, God, that your truth is alive. Your word is alive sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing soul and the spirit, joints in the marrow, the intents of the heart. God, I pray 
should cause each one of us to choose new pathways. We wouldn't continue to walk in the same rut that we've been in for years, maybe decades. And I thank you that you're helping to renew our mind to your word. Let's just worship him with this song think about what we just talked about and what God's doing and the words that were declared over you. Let that all come together so he can do something with it. In Jesus' name.
his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance, his presence upon you and give you supernatural peace. Amen. Hey, thanks for coming today. God bless you. Have a great week. Pastoral team is on my right and left. If you have a prayer need, please, please take advantage of that.